This podcast is brought to you by Peak Strength. Peak Strength is an app available at the Apple iOS store, the Google Play store, or at peakstrength.app. You can download that today, and you can fill out the full questionnaire where you can inform the app what type of athlete you are, what you're training for, when that peak date is going to be, so that you can achieve that peak strength. Again, head over to peakstrength.app, the Google Play store, the Apple iOS store, and download that today for seven free days of training so that you can become a champion. The Masters of Sport podcast is also sponsored by Garage Strength Equipment. Garage Strength Equipment provides top-of-the-line power elastics. These are rubber elastic bands that you can use for multiple different avenues of training. Garage Strength Equipment also provides the world's best single-leg squat roller available at garagestrength.com. And he actually went to Jocko Willink's gym, and he was like, dude, his gym was like, it was soft, like... I, I was expecting like this crazy gym that would have everything because he's trained here for a while. Like he was just home over Christmas break and he's like, uh, it, no one in there was, they couldn't clean more than like 135 pounds. He's like, they weren't, they couldn't do single legs. With like I wonder how much the membership is there though too. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but he was like, they, <laughs> they couldn't even do like rope climbs without their feet. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say to you. Legless rope climb is a tough movement. But at a gym like that, I feel like you should be crushing it. Yeah. I've never met anyone at that gym to say, so I, I won't. All right, that's fair. But like Earl's not being as judgmental as me. No. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Sport. And I'm here with three-time, newly crowned three-time world champion, co-author of the Bam. year, Earl Kunkel. Earl, Take that. I am holding, so if you're, not, if you're not watching on YouTube, I'm holding our three books that we have written together. Parabolic Periodization. How long ago was that now? Was that? Dude, that was like 19, 18, yeah. 19. That w- it was, I think it was 18. Because there was no idea, like, I didn't even know COVID existed, maybe, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. It was way, well before COVID. That one was like, that parabolic set the groundwork for what the podcast is. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And then Sports Performance Bible. Oh, yeah. Which was last year from that last year. That one was year. last year. Yeah, and then we've got Garage Strength Program Design Parabolic Periodization for Sports. So this yes. is the five-hour course and book, and you were also a pivotal role to the course. Um, yeah, I mean, you helped me lay everything out, and and we worked through all that. I presented, yeah. and then you also led me with some really good questions. Yeah. So, should should we give that away? Yeah. So when oh, no, they, we're not giving this away. No, no, not the book. <laughs> Actually, the book is available for free if you buy the course. Yeah, the idea around. Um, how you were saying, like at the summit, right? The coaching, I forget what they're called. Yeah, coaching summit. Coaching summit. So I show up and I take the coaching summit. Dane introduces me. And I think some of the people are like, that's Earl. Like, Yeah, they pick up on That's Ernie. Yeah, as you like to say now. <laughs> Wait, that's good. Never mind. I'll bring up your Ernie comment again, too, because that's another positive. You're low key complimenting me there. I know it. Not just hey, you cut your hair too. We got to tell the world. Yeah, it's short. <laughs> there's a story behind that too. Oh, uh, there's a story behind everything. Yeah, it was a it was a good dad moment. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Reese went to school with his buzz like this, hood up, hat you. on. Kid said something, so did uh, it too. It's yeah, just like yeah, yeah, don't worry about it, kid. Toughen up. <laughs> um, parabolic sports performance. 
program design, garage strength. You were talking design. about the Coach's Summit. Though. Oh, the Coach's Summit. Me as a plan. I like to think of myself as a provocateur, but in a good way. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> Dane gets so caught up and so energetic. It's like, yo, you missed this. So I'll, I would I'll say polite, most of the time. I'll politely raise my hand and ask the question for him to answer that point he missed. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of leads me yeah. to other thoughts. I think, too, though, even sharing, like, uh, as a as a little bit of an aside, like a, a good example was we were thinking about I was thinking about drop sets this weekend and I've had some conversations. There's some recent research that came out on drop sets and um, somebody had actually posed a question. I want to say on a short and it and it made me think about drop sets as potentiated volume. And we've sort of talked about it a little bit, but I sent Earl a text, you know, like, yo, should drop. I read what I wrote? I can yeah, go find it quick. Yeah, yeah read that. I'll, I'll set it up because it's it's one thing, you know, I have, I talked to you about training quite a bit, DJ uh, quite a bit. Um, I'll talk to Dan Maroney quite a bit about training, Brian Seacrest. Like a, a lot of people, Trevor, Sam Weeks, um, a lot of people I talk to, I like to just discuss it, but it's, I think the interesting part is that you're, you're, you probably know the absolute most about our specific system than anyone else other than probably me. And so Thank you. <laughs> when, when I say something to you, you think through the same lens that I'm already in. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, when I say uh, uh, drop sets are potentiated volume, you come back with yeah. a, a clear Dane sends me at 10.07 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> drop set, equal potentiated volume. That's it. I and, see it around probably like... I responded at 3.17 p.m., so I probably saw it at, like, 3.15 or 3.14, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. And I put in quotes as if I'm, like, you know, my whole thought was, like, hey, this is him talking on a short, something <laughs> like that. Potentiated volume is used to manifest hypertrophic gains and may create muscle innervation, another thing we're working on, into the next training day throughout the week. In addition, potentiated volume is valuable in that rep ranges typically fall in power 15 plus or power endurance development ranges, which are, if you know the system and the way we talk about it in garage strength program design, parabolic periodization for sports, we reference power 15, power endurance, uh, the impulse training and things like that. And the whole idea around, because I don't know, how often do people do drop sets for like a rep of one? Like never. never. It's, yeah. Maybe if you're doing singles, it's like three is a small drop set. Right, but right, yeah. usually you're thinking like five plus reps. Yeah. And with you, sometimes it's like 12. Yeah. So that was my thought behind it. But yeah. So I th I think what's interesting in when we get into athletic muscle, um, the the in which is what we're going to be going over here, is that some of this stuff relates back to we're trying to create a system that can break down volume <clears throat> so tonnage so we'll have a a, a, a measurement of tonnage of total tonnage yeah. in lifted within a session within a week within a month you know within a program um but one of the concepts that trevor and i have been working on is how do we take tonnage which would be you know, this number here, but then have that lead to a more in-depth in analysis of uh, mechanical tension. So mechanical tension, meaning we want to, that's what we know will lead to the largest amount of um, adaptation for hypertrophy and for athletic muscle. And so 
I, I might but have don't we have a catch with the athletic muscle of sorts that we've been discussing about? Hang on, let me share. All let, right. me t- let me share. <laughs> so, so what I came up with was like a little calculator for Ooh. mechanical tension, where we would rate like, you know, so if you go out and you jog, when you land, you have about two and a half times your body weight. Okay. So I said to Trevor, I was like, my issue is like, if we use a back squat as base one, okay, back squat, bench press, base one, tonnage equals tonnage. Like I do five sets of five, 25 reps at, at 10 pounds. That's going to be 250 pounds, you know, or yeah, 250 pounds of tonnage. Um, you know, obviously it's not a ton. Your, whatever but, your arithmetic is. Yeah. Someone do it with a calculator. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but if we would do, th- if we, if that's base one, a weightlifting exercise because of the compression, because of the speed to compression and the catch, yeah, would be one and a half. Apply a metric plus with the pool, yeah, like it's double it's, the movement, right, if you will. Right. Apply a metric could be seen as a three. Um, you know, a leg curl or a bicep curl could be seen as 0.75 because it's a one joint. So, so the mechanical tension differentiation there or whatever. All right. Well component we want to call now my brain is all right if it's working one joint how does that mechanical tension then add up on that single joint does like a does a you know an isolation exercise actually go up or does it still remain that 0.8 for like an overall tonnage Uh, for overall it would still remain lighter but then like from a joint specific tonnage a little higher okay yeah that would be that would be further down the road but we're trying to create (laughs) tonnages here and then you have the calculator, which creates mechanical tension, tension, and the mechanical tension will lead us to greater athletic muscle. Now get into what's the catch. What's the catch? Uh, your boy said something about when you build muscles too fast. Oh, yes. They don't necessarily, uh, like, I'm, probably, I'm not a, a white coat in any way, if you will. But I do like to ask questions and think through stuff. I don't necessarily have the language to say it how the scientists would say it. That the muscle doesn't necessarily develop the coordination at the same rate then. So even though a bigger muscle will make you stronger and capable of doing more at like a higher impulse, a higher power rate. It doesn't necessarily mean it's learned how to do that at the same speed the muscle has grown. So... And there's science that will show that there that when hypertrophy occurs a little too uh, or quickly and is not trained according to athletic development, there's a hibernation period of a lack of uh, trypsin and myosin. Um, See, this is why Dane's here. He has all the fancy language. Well, it's it's a lack of how the actual uh, how the muscle will actually slide. <clears throat> it hasn't made the connections yet. So now, but. Uh, our argument is yes. you can parallel with that. So even if you're saying this is going to lack. And he never responded when I posted that, yeah, by the way. You can still train through what we would say technical coordination movements, plyometric movements, and reflexive strength movements. Yeah. And develop that's what you're saying is lacking in tandem. Right. And then you essentially, the thought is that the hypothesis is that as the muscle gets bigger, it's getting just as athletic. Yeah. Yeah, there might be a, a lag per person. Yeah. You know, some people will see a lag a little bit longer if they're not as coordinated or, you know, not right. as genetically talented. 
but yeah, that would be the that's the main thing. I want to point out that we are signing. So so we we've started oh, to yeah. sell the Garage Strength program design. So I want to sign. Want to have a name on it? I, I want to sign um, these first, and then I'm going to pass them to Earl. So if oh. you bought in the first two days, we are going to sign yours on air. So Marcus, thank you for thank you for purchasing uh, the Garage Strength program design. I'm going to try and say the name every single time. All right, you sign that one. So what's this? What's the next question, Earl? Um, Can you focus? In well, this? I was gonna do an, a little imagine in the gym first. Like imagine going to the gym. Okay, and like, let's go. You're sitting there. I'm gonna say it. You're on the reverse hyper is where I have you, and you're sitting there and you're doing twenty, twenty five reps with whatever weight it is, and you're getting stronger. Your hamstrings are swelling up that lower back's getting bulletproof if you will no glitches <laughs> coming in a little bit of glute tension you know yeah easier to squeeze those turtle heads or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing this consistently in your program and a year later you're doing 20 to 25 reps and the weight on that bar on the reverse hyper is substantially higher you're getting stronger you're definitely more powerful your squat numbers show it everything says you are more powerful. However, your box jumps kind of lingering. You go to come off the line and your first steps, not necessarily as fast. And it's like, why is this happening? I know I'm more powerful. I know I'm more capable. Where's the lag here? Why my muscles aren't making me more athletic? What am I missing in my programming? Yeah. So that, so that when you, the way you like, drew out the issue the problem i immediately started to think through the what i would be doing and i did that while i was signing sebastian's uh copy here thank you sebastian for purchasing that so one of the things that i like to think about is if i see an athlete like that who's got tremendous amount of let's say posterior change strength like absolute strength and we would identify that through pretty much if you're doing a reverse hyper 12 to 17 reps that's going to be power 15 plus they're doing a lot of hip extension uh, we're going to be training their, their, their glutes, their hamstrings and all that, right? <clears throat> they're successful in power 15 plus, but where they're lacking, uh, if we notice that they're still not improving their first step or they're a little slow to the ball, they're a little slow, you know, if we're talking about a football player, I, my immediately, my immediate thought is their blast impulse needs to be focused on their sustained impulse needs to be focused on what has happened. You know, if their reverse hyper has gotten stronger, has their has their blast impulse gotten better? Do they jump faster? Do they react quicker? Um, are they able? To, has their clean gone up? Has their power snatch gone up? Have, have how do they execute uh, unbroken sets of back squat? Those are the things that I would look at next. And then after I would look at them next, if we're talking about building straight athletic muscle, to do that to really bring everything together. Athletic muscle really means coordinated muscle and in the in the basis like you're going to there's there's it's an information superhighway that's flooded. That's just running really well, really, yeah, really well. You're with my feedback. Ellen sort of yeah, like my, yeah. eight lane, 10 lane highway versus two lanes. Yes, correct. And so to me, that's what athletic muscle is. And that's the job. Once we would determine, all right, the absolute strength is working, but this is not working over here. All right. Ariel, thanks for buying this here. Yeah. So. Plyometrics, technical coordination, and the reflexive strength movements, how you do it. So we'll dive into those more specific to like, would you also say like elasticity 
is yeah. part of athletic muscle along with you mentioned the impulse and like and then when you see it done well that's where like you're like oh look at their chaos coordination type of aspects and how they go with it so, yeah i i i think I mean, were you going to say something? Nah, you got... Because when you asked the elasticity thing, I think that the biggest factor there is I've been thinking through why why are weightlifting exercises outside of the pull, outside the acceleration pattern of the pull? We know that when an, when an athlete is pulling a snatch or pulling a clean or even doing a jerk, there's acceleration. They go through the full range of motion at a long finish. It never, the bar never decelerates like you would see in a back squat or a bench press. If you watch the curve of a back squat or a bench press, the bar gets slower as you're locking it out. On the clean or a snatch or a jerk, it gets faster on the finish, which is so powerlifters to sort of negate that argument. They put chains or they put bands on to try and like replace what they're losing in a deadlift or a snatch or a deadlift or a back squat or a bench. Now where I'm going with the elasticity and the compression with elasticity and technical coordination is that if we have somebody finish very rapidly on a clean, I like to see how quickly can they compress. So extend, compress, extend, compress. It's like a, it's like a piston basically. Yeah. How quickly can they get down, catch it and then get back up. So they're folding and then they're coming back up. And, and they're doing that in an athletic manner, and that's part of elasticity. Elasticity is, is that quick. Yeah, there's a springiness to it. Yes, and that's what we're, that's what we're trying to, to. It's like Tigger. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> like that. So that's what we're trying to do over long periods of time. And if we see that in an athlete, you know, using your example, I, I, I envision like this big, huge, bulky D tackle. And okay. he, can't, he can't do bunny hops. Like how you just yeah. showed Tigger going down the. It's because my pen's orange. For yeah. Those. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, bing, bing, bing. or think about a uh, kangaroo or a rabbit. Like, yeah. if if you can't, if if that athlete can't do bunny hops, just wrap a band around their shoulders and see if they can do it with minimal knee flexion and minimal ankle flexion. Okay, see what they can do, and that's like a really good test because some kids will like stutter instead of being springy, and I think that. You know, going back to your scenario, my first, my first way of breaking down that problem is is just one testing through. Like, all right, what what has happened in the other lifts? Their absolute strength movements have gotten better, but those are the easy ones to get better. And the other thing too is like in that scenario, you're not necessarily doing like garage strength program design, uh, parabolic periodization for yeah. sports performance. Harpreet, like, thanks for supporting us here. Yeah, you are probably in the midst of some other programming type of thing, and it may be devoid of the things that develop athletic muscle that help reflexive strength movements, plyometric movements, and technical coordination. And you just pretty want you went in pretty hard on technical coordination and how it relates to the elasticity about things. And how did you define athletic muscle again? So to me, athletic muscle would be. You know, my, the, the analogy I used was I compare it to like an information superhighway and I said flooded, but I wanted, I want to, I want to have that drawn out in a very clear manner. And that if, if it's an information superhighway, that's getting tons of feedback and tons of neural response to inform a muscle 
to react, you know, to contract or whatever, to be active. More coordination. Yeah, so it's it's a coordinated muscle. Yeah. It's a highly coordinated muscle. That's athletic muscle. If if the muscle is not as coordinated, if it lacks innervation, which would be the scientific term, then it's not going to be as explosive. So the whole goal is to get as much, and, and really you're right about myelin, is to train so many different joint angles, so many different speeds by doing skilled strength and by doing technical coordination exercises that they learn how to, to hit on. all you these. You said skilled strength. What are you referencing there? Clarify so, that a little bit more. So skilled strength would be the umbrella, and underneath the, that umbrella of skilled strength would be plyometric, speed work, reflexive work, dynamic trunk control. So I forgot DTC. It's been a while. Yeah, so... I so probably do a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> how, how well does someone do a hurdle hop? You know, I envision the person that you just described doing like a little boop, stutter boop, boop, boop. and then jumping. I would make them do a depth drop and see if they can jump over the lowest hurdle height. And if they can't do that, I'd stop squatting for a week and be like, all right, we've got to train these skills. You lack co-contractions. You lack the ability to recruit at high speeds. And that's why you're not as athletic. Makes sense to me. All right. Technical coordination. Let's talk about the two of the other ones. Michael, thank you for supporting us here. Which one you want to go into first, reflexive or the plyometrics? Uh, plyometrics. All right. So plyometrics. Let's start with like nonsense, if you will. And I don't mean nonsense and like it's bad. It's just like you have to start from ground one. Versus like I know when Jan started training here, the plyometric exercises took on this whole new creative force because how athletic he was. Right. Versus like, all right, I got this D lineman who can't do a depth drop over a mini hurdle without stuttering. Yeah, yeah. So like, talk to me how we get that one end, you know, maybe even like the six-year-old kid who's just like, you know, my dad signed me up for this. Right, right. <laughs> to, to progress. Yeah, I think, versus the elite. Yeah, I think there it's like starting with the progressions and then looking at the phases of the progression. So like if I would lay out plyometrics and, and to clarify this, just think about like jumping, jumping on a box might be like the easiest way to think about a plyometric. If I would go through the phases, you know, so we've done the exposure phase, right? The expo we've done a podcast on this, the exposure phase version of a plyometric would be doing a squat and jump. The comprehension version of a plyometric would be doing a squat and jump onto a box. Then the, Ascension phase version of a plyometric would be doing a squat into a bound into a box jump. And then the summit phase version would be instead of jumping onto a box, you do a hurdle hop series. And then, you know, the realization phase would be a depth drop into a bound into a hurdle hop. So you take this progression, but each person might be, you know, somebody might have to take two full 16 to 20 week programs just to get to the to be able to realize what they're capable of. yeah doing. yeah exactly <laughs> whereas somebody else might get you might expedite that in that that plyometric series in six weeks yeah so it's looking at it as simply as you can now if you had a uh us about okay go ahead i have a question then yeah. about expediting it yep or even putting like a limiter on and government how do you know when to move on to the next like I know it's not the phase per se, but to the next movement to integrate it into the program. And, hey, this athlete's ready for this now. I, like, 
what are you seeing? What are you noticing? I think I, I like to see it in the workout, but then also from the prior workout. Do they remember what we did from the previous workout? So if we look at athlete day from their previous block or pre- previous week, what did we do and how well did they do it? How many sets did it take to – let's just use the hurdle hops as, as an example. It took them four sets to get through four hurdles without any hiccups. Well, if the next week they're getting through that in two sets – without any hiccups and then the following week it's right away well now i'm going to put it i'm immediately going to try and make it harder so i think a lot of coaches might go like four weeks with that and i there's a time and a place for that that's that's fine but if i'm getting close to a season i want to make that as challenging as i can i'm going to put another hurdle i'm going to put another height i'm going to put a box there i'm going to put a side jump i'm going to make everything a little bit more does the age of the athlete matter with that then too yeah it, it it definitely would matter i would want a younger kid to show me more consistency over a longer time frame okay you know and i will say you know going back going back over that sort of what i want to see inside of the workout sometimes i might even say inside of a workout if i see a whole group we get through the series right away and they're all good i'm immediately like we're making this harder because you guys are all yeah you've already arrived at what what i want extend the content like yeah yeah we have to make this more challenging or else you're going to get bored right exactly also too the ultimate goal is like you need to be more athletic this will get you there faster and i might do a simple thing of just going all right let's do dumbbell jumps into hurdle hops that's a very simple ad we're not changing the hurdle hop we're just making them a little a little bit more fatigued with hurdles too i don't at least, can you the hurdles you have here? Do the size change yeah. like the height? Yeah, is that another way? Yeah, like yeah, simple just way, alter like the height. All right, we're at twenty four. We need to be at thirty six inches. Yeah, like yeah, it yeah. has to be, even though it's a pretty hard hurdle hub. Yeah, we need to be at thirty two, and and I I don't want anybody's knees above their hips when they're flexing, yeah. when they're jumping. Forty two inches is really high doing hurdle hops. Yeah. Yeah. I did Man. do a test, by the way. I wanted to bring up that I did do a test of my hurdle hops and my jumping ability since I've been running, and I haven't, I haven't fallen fallen off the jumping ability as much as I thought I might. But you fell off though a little bit, slightly. Yeah, it it's rough. That uh mechanical tension that builds up from the total tonnage of two and a half bar is rough on the ankles and trying to explode there. Miles, thanks for supporting Garage yeah. Strength and picking up the Garage Strength program design. All right. You want to talk about reflexive strength now? Yeah, I'll get into that. I'll try and be quick with this because it's like, oh, you, you got something else going? Make it happen. <laughs> well, I think, I think. Dane was I, just commenting on how awful he thinks his handwriting is. He's my handwriting is bad, but it's also when I'm speaking and I'm writing. I'm like writing what I'm saying. So on Miles, Miles, when you see yours, and we should cut this clip out for for uh, social media. When Miles, he <laughs> called. <laughs> when Miles sees, when Miles sees the signature that I put on there, I crossed the L first, and then I had to raise the T up so that it looks like I was crossing the cultivate properly. So Miles, I apologize, but thanks for supporting Garage Strength. <laughs> I still well, remember when um, it's almost impossible to do two linguistic skills at the same time. It, it's very hard, yeah. Like, I still remember when Nick, uh, when Nick was practicing, Nick was practicing his his autograph, 
and he was like actually like writing out like and this is dude this is what's so sick is like that's like the earliest form of what oh, okay photograph became which i think is cool the whole idea is to make Thanks, it Jay, as for minimal us. work as possible yeah even though with this i'm not quite doing that yeah, so I think with reflexive stuff, um, comparing it to, to plyometrics, if you, you so, so some people do ask this question, um, and they've even asked me about DTC. Maybe I want to clarify that quickly. Where reflexive movement, let's say if you've ever seen our Eurostep uh, video, or even doing like a half turn as a thrower, or as a weightlifter, sometimes you'll get into a split position, and you might do like a side a side hydro weight into a a, a snatch but you're holding the split position, that would be a reflexive movement. Now, so so the reflexive movement could also be like a dumbbell snatch from one side towards a box. That's another example of a reflexive movement. You're actually trying to use and stimulate some type of reflex. In most cases, it will be a stumble reflex or cross extensor reflex. Now, if I'm looking at dynamic trunk control, that might look like I'm doing a rotational movement on a back extension or on a glute ham. So now I'm rotating, but I'm doing an active movement and that's going to be dynamic trunk control to teach me how to do that. And I could do that from a standing position as well. And the whole goal though, in both movements is to coordinate more muscles at a high speed at a high speed. Yeah. And that's athletic muscle coming along, right? Correct. That yep. coordination, get more muscles working as fast as, as fast as possible and i would think then too and this is you can tell me i'm crazy from a hypothetical standpoint in the long run that would minimize fatigue because more muscles would be doing the work instead of one muscle doing the work yes so how do i say it? let's well, say one muscle operating at 100 percent can do 100 pounds i'm just making the math easy. Yeah, but four muscles operating at 25% can do 100 pounds. Those four muscles continuously working together will they're outlast. Less, they're using less glycogen, yeah. Yeah, and outperform. Well, and the other thing is, is like if, if let's say, if I put out 100 pounds and you put out 100 pounds, but mine's 30% and yours is 100%, yeah. I'm using less energy. Wow, way to make me look weak there, Dane. Yeah, so... Matthew, thanks for supporting Garage Strength. Also, Harpreet, I didn't say your name earlier, but I think what you just said is like, if you can do reflexive work, plyometric work, um, the the DTC work, and then coordinate that with with the technical coordination, that's how you build the athletic muscle. And then over time, as you're building that athletic muscle, you learn how to progress people or yourself into more challenging, more complex movements. So you take a good example would be a muscle snatch into a power snatch into a full snatch into a low hang full snatch into a low hang pause below the knee, no feet full snatch. That's a crazy progression that a weightlifter might be like, well, that doesn't make sense for me. I want to try and snatch more weight, but for an athlete that does make more sense. So we've got to think about that lens of making things more complex. I just complex. heard all the variations making it harder and harder. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. And then my technique improving. Yeah. Because my body has to think. I, this is old school garage strength, though I'm pretty sure it's still used. The first time you ever ask someone to do a no foot like movement, to just watch them try to coordinate it is so funny. Oh, it's funny. crazy. Yep. And it's like you almost take it for granted how effective that movement is. 
and it's even better for for athletes to do it because they have to jeffrey thank you because you have to think about how do i apply force without flailing all over the place yeah which makes you more athletic are we talking so since we stumbled on this because this wasn't in any of the talking points with the variations and i guess it's intuitively in there through like the plyometric jump series the different reflexive strength movements and we're low-key hitting on the technical coordination movements here too that my initial lens for why variations were done were through the weightlifting to develop technique but from a sports performance lens this is going to develop more athleticism yeah, too yeah. but think about this a weightlifter becomes more athletic when they do more variations so they have greater proprioception they have greater awareness of what's happening yeah weightlifters are very they're well known for like being very good at weightlifting and might not be the best at other things. So if you can make them better and more coordinated at other things, they can then apply that into their weightlifting. Yeah. They can save lifts better. They can, you know, they might be under a little bit of fatigue or or they've got a short rest period for whatever reason and they can still come out and smash some some weight. So yes, you're you're absolutely on there. Do you feel this podcast adequately gave the listener a means to become more athletic with their musculature yeah i think it just goes back to the the original painting that that we sort of drew there is taking that person figuring out have they improved their snatch or their clean or their power snatch or their power clean or one box whatever those lifts are that you're using and then also figure out have they been doing plyometric work or the skilled strength umbrella work are they you know have they improved with their jumps and if they haven't improved with their jumps or they haven't improved with their sprints and they haven't improved with their cleans prioritize that that needs to be the priority yeah. and maybe to your one point uh, i love how you say um they probably were deadlifting a lot too and it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> where that lift kept going up but it wasn't necessarily transferring to the other movements 100 yeah. percent. yep um ready for the audience questions discord i'm, I'm ready Reddit. thank you jason for supporting us join those communities and uh be commented on and get your questions read because Jason does a great job of like finding all those and bringing them to us to have it here. Rob and greetings team. Welcome partner with the implementation of the army combat fitness test. How long should we keep new soldiers within the exposure phase? If they're new to combat sports training and what key lifts should we focus on? I've gotten many new soldiers with no fitness sports background and we are trying to maximize hypertrophy, power, impulse, and speed. I would love to hear your brief thoughts, and I am a big fan of the Peak Strength app. Here are the events. Three repetition maximum deadlift, up to 340-pound males, 230-pound females. Standing power throw with 10-pound ball. Hand release push-up within two minutes. I guess that's max reps. Yeah. Sprint, drag, carry, 5 by 50 meter shuttles for time. Sprint, drag, 90 pounds. Lateral, farmer carry, 2 times 40-pound kettlebells. And sprint, Max hold plank up to three minutes and 30 seconds and two mile run. Why the plank? That one threw me off. I think people are still hung up on planking. That, one, that threw me off. Like, is that just, maybe I, that's a mental thing they, too. They still would have to train that. What I would do to answer that, that's a really good question. I would go six weeks in the exposure phase. And again, I would do a ton, because of the dragging, uh, the running, uh, I would do a ton of front squats, a ton of goblet squats, a ton of Spanish squats. Um, 
and I, I still think, you know, you could get away with just doing cleans as, as like the technical coordination movements, make sure they're doing long duration lunges, but also doing like a little bit heavier single leg squats. Uh, if you have a access with the soldiers to uh, the assault bike or a treadmill, I think even pushing them where they do a long duration run for 60 minutes once a week, and then they can do some interval work on that or go out for the actual run, hill sprints, stuff like that. Um, I don't think that those tests are overly challenging. I think I've always felt like the military pushes people sort of like the old school football way where it's like, let's make this extraordinarily challenging instead of, and I know that I know it also has to be very challenging and taxing mentally, but I also think there's a point of like creating actual better training. And I'm, I want to share this little anecdote. I have a, a, an, an individual that I'm training that's uh, he's at the Naval Academy and he's training for the Navy SEAL test, which is coming up in May. And he's been on like nine programs now. And he actually went to Jocko Willink's gym and he was like, dude, his gym was like, it was soft. Like I, I was expecting like this crazy gym that would have everything because he's trained here for a while. Like he was just home over Christmas break. And he's like, uh, it, no one in there was. They couldn't clean more than like 135 pounds. He's like, they weren't. They couldn't do single legs with. Like I wonder how much the membership is there though, too. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but he was like, <laughs> they, they couldn't even do like rope climbs without their feet. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say to you. Legless rope climb is a tough movement, but at a gym like that, I feel like you should be crushing it. Yeah, I've never met anyone at that gym <laughs> to say so. I, I won't. All right, that's fair. But like. Earl's not being as judgmental as me. No, I'm trying not. I've been reading this book about nonviolent communication. <laughs> you laugh I'm not laughing me. about, like, that's a good thing that you're reading that. That is actually great. And I was just like, a, I don't know, trying to I'm talk to I'm reading that, too. Nicer. It's, about, it's a, uh, The Humanistic Way. That's the book I'm reading right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. I may have to check that out. That sounds interesting. What's another question? Um, This is on Reddit. Yeet Lord. 40,000. There's underscores between all three of those. Yeet <laughs> underscore Lord. Watched a video on conditioning for wrestling recently and noted that a metric for progression on the eight-minute Tabata interval was distance, but it wasn't elaborated what distances were considered bad, fair, good, great, etc. Just wonder. Is this running or something else? I think he said running. In, oh, oh, it was me. Okay. Just wondered if there was any metrics like that for in the gym use to test wrestlers' minutes. readiness. So this was assault bike stuff. Eight minutes Tabata. Clarified. Eight minutes Tabata. Well, 20 seconds. Well, how hard do you want to die? Okay, so what I, <laughs> I, I to answer this, Yeet Lord. Um, 40,000. Yeet Lord 40,000. I want to share this. So today I did 10 seconds. At 85 RPMs, rest 50 seconds. That was minute one. Minute two, I did 20 seconds, rest 40. Minute three, 30 seconds, rest 30. And I went up to 50 seconds, and I tried to stay above 80 for the whole 50 seconds. Then you got 10 seconds rest, and you go right back to 40 seconds hard. And I died. I was at like 73. But within, it ends up being about eight minutes and 10 seconds of total work. I had burned like 125 calories. Um, which isn't a ton because I, I could do that. I could do way more than that if I did steady state at yeah. like 70 or 65 to 70 RPMs. Well, with those like trade-offs, that's essentially four minutes of work, right? Yeah. The 125. Yeah, and like I was gassed, like hurting. 
so I, I'm trying to think about again, and I, I've done this work, and I, the Tabata one, I I'll probably do that tomorrow. I've got to get you. I've got to get Eat Lord Four Thousand. So the actual. Distance. I know someone. I know the distance that I would use for thirty minutes would be twelve miles. I know someone who's done over two hundred calories on the assault bike in ten minutes. That's very. That's world class. Like, legit did it. Yeah, that's probably like top fifteen, top twenty in the world. You think so? Yeah. I don't think so. I think almost every CrossFit Games athlete could well, potentially top do that. twenty in the world. No, that's like top forty. But anyway, I'm all right. You're right. That's it's still really, really good. world class. A <laughs> uh, uh, hundred calories in five minutes is extraordinarily challenging. Yes, it is. I've done that. Yeah, the most I've ever done is ninety six. <laughs> yeah. That was now. I haven't tried in a while. I think I, if I would push myself, I think I probably could. But I did it cold one day. I'd need a warm up, but two in a row was very hard. There's one dude I know online that like crushes assault bike work. He's athletic with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You good, Dane? I'm good. Brian, right. thanks for picking up Garage Strength Program Design. Head over to GarageStrength.com. Head over to PeakStrength.app if you want our apps so that you can get more coordinated muscle, more athletic muscle, but. This is available at GarageStrength.com, and, and I'm referring to GarageStrength Program Design, Parabolic Periodization for Sports. Peace. Later.